Welcome to the Thinking Man Podcast. Think different, be different, make a difference. All right, Thinking Man Podcast. Think different, be different, make a difference. All right, today, Nels, we're going to be talking about wisdom, but not so much about wisdom, but you know, in our lives, we make a lot of bad decisions. And wisdom is the counterbalance to bad decision-making. So why just talk about wisdom? Well, you know, the whole idea of Thinking Man, con- of our, con- our podcast, is that we get people to start thinking a little differently, to start being different. And that means looking back at decisions we've made in our life and realizing that we've made bad decisions, and how do I not do that? So, you know, if we could have a time machine, and we've all asked, you know, what would you change in the past. Many people say I wouldn't change anything, but people would say, but I do wish that I knew then what I know now. Sure. Right. And what is that? That's experience. That's knowledge. That's learning. That's wisdom. So if we can now just take that time machine and take it so that instead of looking to the past of how it could have benefited me, let me just use it now. So that 20 years from now, I don't have to look back 20 years again and say, if I only knew then what I, what I know now. So it's something that we can, we can really use. And I think we all understand that because we've all said, if I only knew then what I knew now. And I'm not talking about investing in Amazon or Apple right. back then. It's talking about things that we learn about life, different paths that we would have taken. So I want to start off with why we make bad decisions. Um, well, first off, we, we don't believe we're making bad decisions, right? We believe we're making the right, decision. the right decision at the time. So we make decisions based on current knowledge, um, past experiences, sure. emotional preferences, right? And perception. We genuinely believe the decision we're making is the best. So nobody goes out to make the wrong decision, yet so often when we look back, we realize, I made the wrong decision. Yeah. So what comes into play? Well, it tells me that my current knowledge probably maybe wasn't enough. I didn't know enough of the facts. tells me that what I based on my past experiences is a little bit of my personal prejudice of the way I think things are going to come out. My emotional preference, sometimes I don't want to be bothered. This is easier. It could be so many different aspects of that. And then very importantly, we've spoken many times on perception. It's my view at the time of how things were. So I just want to run down a list and there's no one thing, but if I think if I go through this, people will be able to find out. And if they really look back and analyze things in their past, then we should never regret regret. We should never be sitting in the past, but we should always analyze only for the sake of, hey, how do I not do this again? And I think that's very important. So another reason that we make bad decisions is that, you know, we've spoken about goals, right? We spoke, we've had our, our podcast about the obstacle is the way. And the whole idea is you don't even know the obstacle is part of the way if you don't have a mission, if you don't have a goal. So if you don't have a goal or if you have a lack of goal, It's very easy to make the wrong decision that's going to take you down a wrong path because you don't necessarily know where you want to go. It's not guided. Yeah. So you take this path 
and it doesn't turn out, I won't say the way you want it to be because you don't even know what you're expecting, That's right. but because you had no real goal, you weren't taking the right path. So we'll have a lack of goal or we'll have a goal, but not staying on point. So the importance is if you have a mission, a goal, and I like to say mission instead of goal, because at least mission, we think it's more serious. A goal is... I want to, you know, something. It could be a checkpoint. Simplistic. Simple. You know, and we're all talking about goals all the time. I think a mission sounds more important to my life. Uh, so if I have a mission that I'm on, there's certain things that are going to happen that are going to come in, and I'm going to align them with the mission, and that's how I'm going to make my decisions. So that's another part of how we make bad decisions because we don't have the mission. So when situations come about, we don't make the right decision or we've not paid attention to the mission and therefore we're making the wrong decision. So if my mission is to go from point A to B right, and if along the way I forget why I'm going and I get distracted, it's so it's very easy to get distracted. But if I remember I need to get to point B, I can't stop here now. This is not a priority. And that's where prioritization comes into play. That's, right. and that's what we spoke about in our, in, in our previous podcast is having that mission, having the priorities, not letting nonsense in life get in the way of the mission. Because there's always things that seem real important, our social lives, our social media. It's just silly, stupid things that could just get in the way of what is important. That's right. So not prioritizing in alignment with our goals. So if you have goals, if you have a mission, make sure that all the decisions that we make, that that is a priority. Because we all come across things every day and we need to determine, is it important? But we don't always do that. We'll go through a different process. Oh, do I want to do it? Is this a good deal? Does it make me feel good? All of those things are just distractions. They may be approved on any of those levels but it doesn't mean it's the it's the right thing. And it may not necessarily apply to that mission, right? Because yeah. it could be a function of that uh, distraction, yeah. as, as you described. So continually, you know, with little kids, they get distracted. I have to always remind them what they're supposed to be doing. They get distracted so easily. It's so often I have to tell them, don't worry about that. It's not important. Go do this first. And that's the way our mind works is we're still in the same way. We get distracted so easily, even as adults, that sometimes we need to be corrected. But the, who's out there to correct us? If our boss has to correct us, it's too late. Sure. Right? Right. If, you know, should my wife have to correct me? Should, you know, should that have to be, shouldn't I be self-correcting? Am, am I not a mature being that I have my mission and I don't have to have somebody continually reminding me what that mission is and what my priority in life is? is. So we have lack of goals. We have those other things. Um, what about fears or desires that blind us? Oh yeah. What do you, what do you think about that? How do you think a fear or a desire can blind us in our decision-making? Well, I think that, uh, the fear, uh, and it could be any decision, but you know, uh, the fear of, 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 of whatever, you know, yours, whatever you decide. We talk about the choices and how uh, we make choices because they are, it's what makes sense to us, right? At that point in time. What makes sense to us at that point in time can be driven by a fear. A fear of, you know, whatever, again, the, the, this is a very broad uh, uh, thing. Could be a fear of missing out. Could be a fear of missing out. And or not making a decision out of fear. Yeah. Exactly right. Uh, and so, and so I said, that, that's, that's, that's fear, uh, how, how that can do that for me. Um, and, um, 
and the other is desire the the desire of it again very emotional very emotional what do i desire at that point in my life uh you know i'm thinking about what's important to me or what's going to make me feel good at that time is this a decision that i'm making that it will affect uh a time in my life five years from now you know and am i thinking about me five years from now? Mm. So i think that's where we start to get away from the mission part of the mission is five years from yeah. now uh, uh and 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 the goals that we want to meet are are checkpoints in my opinion you know that we sure. get to accomplish the mission yeah, we're so self-centered. Not only do we, do we not care about people, we don't even care about ourselves five years from now. We're so in tune with satisfying myself now mm-hmm. that we don't even, th- we like to think about it, but we don't really take it into consideration. So another type of desire that can blind us is something I always wanted. So all of a sudden, if it makes itself available, I jump at it. And, you know, the end, the means does not justify the end, nor does the end justify the means. And because I always wanted it, therefore I go for it. And it may not be the right time, may not even be the right thing. When did you want it? Yeah. When did you want it? You always wanted it. That implies that it, uh, that you wanted it at a past time. So maybe, maybe the past you, Vin, isn't, isn't the Vin of now. That's, that's very wise, Nels. Very wise. And sometimes we need to grow up. Yeah. We need to grow up. That's really good. Another reason that we make bad decisions, well, and a bad decision snowballs is that we self-destruct. Sometimes we get into the role where things are going downhill. We just don't care anymore. And we don't realize it. We're actually, we're self-destructing, but we're sending out a distress signal. And people will just make that just such bad decisions because they, they're, they're, they almost want it to end quicker, this lifeline or a line of life, or they want people to throw them a lifeline, I should say. So once you make a bad decision, what do some people do sometimes when they make a bad decision? They'll start to cover it up. Yeah. And you'll have a snowball effect. And an example is you go to break a diet, and all of a sudden you have a chocolate chip cookie. And all of a sudden, oh, I already broke the diet, what the hell? And you start eating another one. <laughs> then you eat a potato chip, and you know, uh, it's, it, you know, I already went downhill, so it doesn't matter now. Yes. And that's a very simplistic way of looking at how we can self-destruct. Once we make a bad decision, we'll just ride, we'll just ride it out. Yeah. So it's very dangerous. Um, another thing is confirmation bias. What that is, is developing a quick, lazy belief and then seeking out information to support our belief. So that could be on many different issues that we haven't really thought out. We have a, a very shallow belief system, no foundation. And all of a sudden, we make a decision based on that without really thought. And it may be good for the populace or maybe not good for the populace. That's what the populace does. But is it really what's right for me? Sometimes it's what everybody else is doing. So give me, uh, could you give me a, a simple example? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, owning, a, you know, Owning a house is a sign of is a sign of success or a nice car. Okay. All right. So there's many there's many doctors and lawyers that try to keep up with the Joneses that are really broke. Um, there's many people that then, instead of gaining real wealth or establishing or savings, they'll spend it on a nice car sure. instead because that is supposed to state that show everybody that I have wealth, but really it's just the opposite. I'm going in debt. 
Or, you know, one of my favorites is the American dream. You know, the home with the white picket fence. That's right. That's right. You know, and I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying, ask yourself, is this really right? And why do you want it? And do you realize what you're really going into? And are you willing to, to go and extend yourself, be a slave to your job, get into a relationship with a mortgage company for 30 years, paying them interest compounded over all of those years? Um, because that's a sign of society of fitting in and having arrived. So those are some confirmation biases that we're all that we're all brought up with. So it's almost we've let society make the decision that this is what is right and the best way. So then when an opportunity comes up, oh, I'm going to jump at this. Right. It's an opportunity because it's what we should be doing. We should be doing. And it's a good, you know, whatever it may be. Sure, sure. And again, I'm not preaching that that's not what to do. I'm just saying I live in a home. I've paid a mortgage. That's right. All I'm saying is understand what you're getting into. Yes. Don't go into it blindly. Yes. Otherwise, you wake up one day and you have that holy cow moment. That's right. So that's confirmation bias. And that, that goes on quick, lazy thinking, which I despise. Um, sometimes we make impulsive decisions. But we need to be aware. We all do. There's a reason. I, I do not like going to electronic stores. I will make an impulsive decision. I am the guy that if you see in, you know, for a, a new whatever, a TV that's on sale, you know, do not send me to the store to buy that TV that's on sale. Guess what? I am not coming back with that on sale TV. They see me coming from a mile away. What, what are you coming back with? Oh, whatever. Uh, you know, we, 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 a lot spending a lot more money than I was spending on that TV that I didn't even know existed. I didn't even know I needed it till I got in that store. You know, you needed it once I got in there. You know, those are impulsive decisions. Yes. You know, and even while you're doing it, you don't you know it's bad. You know, afterwards you know it's bad. And then what do you start to do? Oh, look at that picture. Oh, this is the bet. You you got to start selling yourself. That's true. <laughs> And realizing that anything else you came home with would have been such a disappointment. So you have impulsive decisions, which are really, we, we need to be careful of because we can't trust ourselves. Um, I mentioned laziness. Sometimes we make bad decisions just out of laziness. We make bad decisions out of ignoring the facts, right? Don't let the facts get in the way of me making a decision. You have no idea how many people just want to do what they want to do and don't want the facts to get in the way. Um, Sometimes we have poor or limited comparisons. And what does that mean? Well, we think of, I have this option or that option. If I, and then if I take this option, this is only what could happen. And if I take B option, this is only what can happen. So we have a limited, a poor or a limited comparison of what really could happen. Sure. Because we're, we're just taking our knowledge and saying, this is what I believe could happen one way or the other. We're eliminating so many other things because nobody knows what can happen. So because we have, we believe that we don't have any other options that we make this decision, or we believe it's the better of an evil, or we believe it's a good decision comparatively, but we're not comparing it to all of the options because our view is limited. We're only comparing to one. Um, so that's limited comparisons of options, limited comparisons of outcomes. We always think that there can only be this outcome or that outcome, and we forget that there's other things in between. Would you, I have a question. Sure, go. Would you suggest 
that the and and you know what even suggest uh, it is it is it's suggestive right that's not what we're doing nope definitely not we're, we're talking about these things and <laughs> i would say uh in order for for the the listener and 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 all of us who are talking about thinking through these things and we can have we have a limitless uh, uh varying options right would you say uh that what we want to be doing is uh, ideally is thinking about how option a through z uh lines up with our mission yeah that goes back to it starts to make that you don't have to make a decision anymore if you let your mission make the decision for you it becomes much easier it becomes much easier can you imagine a guy running a marathon and he passes by a dunkin donuts does he think gee should i stop in and get a cup of coffee right no it doesn't even cross his mind. He's on a he's on a mission. Now, me walking down the street passing a Dunkin' Donuts and I'm just meandering about town, I'm not on a mission. Hmm, Dunkin' Donuts, nice. Yeah, maybe, why not? And that's where the difference comes into play. We can avoid just by having a mission and a vision, we can avoid a lot of and following it, we can avoid a lot of bad decision making. Sure. Believe it or not. Sure. It was a good question. So Limited comparison of options, limited comparison of outcomes, limited comparison of opportunities. How, how often do you see that people think they don't have a choice? I was watching Dateline the other night, and this guy goes and he murders somebody. And you know why he murdered her? Because he was down to about two days worth of food and $40. So he knew he had to kill somebody to get money. <laughs> well, I, was, Is that limited options? Nothing funny about that, first of all. But... I just, I, it, it rings to me because I, I can, there, there, I talk to a lot of people on a daily basis who don't have options. I, I've, I don't know how that happens, but, but my, re, my reality and, and, and the conversations I have, unfortunately, is in some cases where I have to open some eyes, or try to at least, uh, or open thought, and, and I, I talk to a lot of people every day. That don't have choices. Well, they believe they don't, right? Exactly. Yeah, they, they, they truly believe they don't. So imagine this person going and killing somebody because he believes that is his opportunity or his only option to get money. That's that's pretty amazing. That's, yeah. yeah. So, and it's based on perceived outcomes, perceived options, perceived availability. Um, another reason we make bad decisions is a an improper starting point in other words the foundation of our thinking okay all right so if we're starting off in de in debates it's always important if you're gonna have a, a discussion with anybody or if you're debating professionally debating say and you're, you're there to actually keep score it's anybody can make an argument but what is the foundation of that argument and if we're going to look at a point of view if, if we can't start at a common starting ground it's like a race that we have to start from the same spot Otherwise, you know, is it really a race? Or on a, in a ball game, you're both starting off with the same score. So that's the foundation. And if your foundation is off, then everything else is going to be the leaning tower of Pisa. That's right. So it's your, it's your perception. And then it goes, it goes back into a little bit of if you improper starting point is an improper perception or misunderstanding. It goes back to remember the obstacle is the way. Yes. Right. All of a sudden, there somebody's looking at an obstacle and realize and thinking it's detrimental. It's an obstacle. It stops them in their tracks. That's the improper foundation. It's a wrong fa uh, starting point. Whereas the right starting point 
is or better starting point is listen that's the way to get to where i need to go that's the difference in the in the foundational grounding of how we look at something so again as we go through today this isn't about giving answers else we do not have the answers and for any of us to pretend we have the answers is only foolishness this is just to get everybody to examine themselves and i'm giving examples to get everybody to challenge their thinking and their thought process because it's right for you is different than what's right for me it's just to get us thinking so that we're we're not these automatons these robots Um, so another way that we make bad decisions is that we only look at the immediate move ahead which you mentioned about the five years ahead right we're only looking one move ahead that's like a child playing chess or checkers. All they care about is, ooh, I can capture right. your knight. Right. Not worrying about that it puts them in a position for checkmate, three moves down. Nor do they care. So if we only look at the immediate move ahead, it's very dangerous. But now equally dangerous in decision-making is only looking down the road, long range. Because what happens, I, I could fall in a pothole and kill myself you know there's the practical and then there's the visionary and they need to go hand in hand you know you can't if you're going through practical without a vision and a mission then it's busyness without purpose and it gives you a false sense of doing something meaningful but in the meantime you're just busy doing nothing if you have a if you have the the mission without the immediate practical things in front of you you're only a dreamer and you're never going to get there they go hand in hand they really do um another thing is sometimes it gives me a high i get pleasure oh yeah yeah i get pleasure now here's a question because it brings me pleasure does that mean it's right bring it brings pleasure to you right now does it make it right does it make it the right thing to do that, that that I guess that depends on on on, on who you ask and, and and why they're doing it. There yeah. again, no 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 right answer. My my personal, I don't think it makes yeah. it right because it, it doesn't. How does it? What does it do for our mission? Yeah. Now, if our mission is to to go to uh, you know Nordstrom and and, and buy a, you know buy a, a one a hundred dollar tie or a five hundred dollar suit when when I feel bad, if that's what my mission is then, hey, at the most basic levels, I've, I've accomplished yeah. that. So, uh, but again, this is deeper. Yeah, this is deeper much deeper. Than, 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 than what this is. So uh, in that context, it doesn't, it doesn't do it. Yeah. And we think just because it brings me pleasure. No, it's not right. What could bring me pleasure could bring somebody else pain. Sure. Right? And let's go back to the chocolate chip cookie. I enjoyed it and I hated it. I hated myself. All right, you broke the diet. It's, you know, feeling good is not right. That's the flesh. Our flesh, if we remember, is reflexive and contradictory to really who we want to be. It's our flesh and our emotions that we're fighting all the time. So what feels right is we're actually feeding the enemy is what we're doing. So we need to be very careful with that. So we have, um, you know, it gives me a high. And then there's lack of self-control. Some people have lack of self-control. And we're all guilty at a certain level. And that drops into discipline, uh, 
and character. If people that say I have no willpower or I can't, that's, I don't, I don't, I don't personally get it. I believe everybody has willpower. Um, so we have lack of self-control. Sometimes we don't trust ourselves, so we make the wrong decision. Sometimes we'll know what to do, but because we don't trust ourselves, we'll make the wrong decision. Sure. Or we don't believe in ourselves, or we think less of ourselves. Um, or sometimes we'll want to conform to the norms or what other people are doing. We'll make a decision based on that. Uh, what about anxiety? How do you think anxiety plays into yours or anybody's decision-making? I, I think it, it, it plays in, I mean, okay, so, so one thing that I've, I've recognized about myself over time is that I'm a, I'm a pretty anxious person, and, and I'm, I'm, cool and, I'm cool and calm, uh, but, you know, certain things set me off, like when, when I ask a question, and I send an email, and, and I don't have a, 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 I don't see a response, uh, not right away, but just in the time that I might think it would normally take to do that. Or, or, and if it affects a decision that I need to make, I, I become anxious and, and I, start to, I start to feel rushed. Mm. And I start to feel like I need to make a decision, you know, even though, even though I know that involving another mind or two minds or three minds in my thought process, you know, that will help me make a better decision. When, when I find myself not in receipt of, of those uh, opinions or, or or it could be data that I, not data because data we can find, but uh, just uh, data that I find valuable uh, in that process. I feel rushed and, and I can see how I can make a bad decision uh, if I don't recognize okay. that. Okay. So if you're anxious, you it's a form of being desperate, right? We, it, it, sure. There's a bit of desperation and we know that we don't make good decisions based on desperation. That's what anxiety and being anxious does. Um, you know, being anxious means I'm not feeling good in my skin as to what's going on and I want to get rid of this feeling. And sometimes, you know, what we'll do to get rid of those, that feeling is we'll make a bad decision just because of being anxious. Um, you mentioned data. Um, sometimes, you know, we'll, the data is there, but we distort it. Sure. You know, we look at data and... We perceive the world around us sometimes contrary to objective reality. Do you refer to statistics or? It could be anything. Sure. Oh. Um, I don't want to go there. Everybody hates me. Why do they hate you? Mm, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I when I you know when I when I when I go in there one time I was there and there was a person at the at the register and they were rude. Sure. You know. Sure. So. All 400 employees hate you. Right. Yeah, or, right. or it could be a, a family reunion. Oh, your family doesn't like me. What does that mean? Well, don't you remember last time I was, uh, me and your uncle had that discussion about, discussion about politics and it got heated? Yeah. Okay. Right. okay. Yeah, yeah. We get a distorted, we, we take the data and we distort it. We don't see it for what it really is. Understood. And if you take that, you just take regular data. And, you know, a big thing with, um, you know, how you present data all the time. You'll have two opposing sides taking the same data and showing different things on charts. You know, it's just how they distort it, how they want to take it and, and, and twist it. Right. You know, the data is the data. Life is, 
is life. So it's really important that we don't distort the facts when we're making a decision or distort them the way we want them to be because it goes back to our emotions. We won't make a decision to do something that's positive because maybe it's going against, maybe I feel uneasy doing it because it's going to stretch me a little bit. So it affects that emotion. So what I do now is I want to start distorting the information to make it line up with my decision so it all makes sense. So now it's, um, you know, I maybe I don't have a good example that it's going to make make a lot of sense. But instead of now stepping out and trying something, maybe a new job. That's right. It, right, because it's just a little bit of you know, it's stretching myself. All of a sudden, oh, I'm no good at that anyway. Yeah. What does that mean? You're no good at that, or I'm never going to make it in this position. Why? That's it's right. It's distorting data to fit your emotion and now make it so that the decision you make doesn't stretch me at all and I could feel and I could feel comfortable. And people do that their whole lives. They, they, it's, it's a comfort level and they'll distort it. They'll even do it the other way is if they buy something extravagant and they know they shouldn't have, I work hard. I deserve it. They start stretching the data that way for a bad decision that they made. So we'll we'll stretch data for bad for decision for not making decisions or for decisions that we we make anyway or we get fired from a job because we do something wrong, and then we, well I was going to quit anyway. Yeah, right. That, that's all weakness. It's distorting the data to fit my emotion and my mind to make me feel good. It's a self defense of the mind. That's right, and 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 these are some of these things, uh, some of these distractions you mentioned also that this is. This is along the way. So, you know, in, li- in hearing this, I'm thinking, you know, uh, we need to think about uh, how this is relative to our mission. Yeah. We keep coming back to it. The fact that you keep coming back to it is keeping us on target here. That's right. Remember, what is, our, what is our mission? To remember that all of these things outside of understanding we have a mission, all is just a bunch of data that is a bunch of, okay, okay, okay. But if there's no mission, it really doesn't matter sure. because we're never going to be able to make the right decision. So keep bringing us back to that today, Nels. Keep bringing us back. Um, an improper value system. You, you spoke the other week about equations, right? So an improper value system, therefore the equation comes out wrong. Right. You, you know, if you don't have the right values, and all a value system is how I, heavily I weigh something, sure. you're not going to make good, de- good decisions at all. So what, what about when you're distracted or not focused? How does that affect your, your decision-making? I mean, when, when I'm distracted, the, the, the finish line is not in sight. It's, it's not in sight. And, and not only is it not in sight, uh, when I'm distracting, I'm, I've, I've lost focus, okay. right? Because I'm distracted, surely. So when that happens, uh, for me personally, uh, the decisions I make are not at all aligned with my mission because, because I, I am off track. So, so the, and again, we'll, we'll bring it back for just a moment. Uh, for me, the key is, is, is to remain, I have to recognize that I'm distracted, right? And, and then I have to come back to my, to, to, to realign my, my, my focus. And, and, and see the finish line and say, hey, you know, can I get there through here? 
And for me personally, and, and, and the way that I break things down, if, if the answer is no, then it's an easy non-decision. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's easy to get distracted by shiny things, whatever it may Absolutely. be. And like you said, just staying on point. Otherwise, you do get distracted. You're not focused and you'll, you'll make a bad decision. You forget where you're going and why you're going there. And one of the last things I have is we'll make bad decisions because we make instinctive decisions. There's some people that are very proud of their decision making because they can make fast decisions or I can always make a decision. It's not always the right decision. And we need to be careful of instinctive decisions. Well, I know exactly what I would do, or this is what you should do, or this is what I do in that instance. Because now it's being instinctive and we're not listening. And that's our, that's our flesh taking over again. That's our mind's way of going on autopilot. And our mind on autopilot is, is not the best way that our mind runs. Our mind will run on autopilot for certain things while we're driving. But as soon as an abnormality comes into the road, you snap out of it. Your mind says, "Uh oh, I can't handle this. Boom. It snaps out and you step on the brakes or do whatever. Um, Autopilot is great for, you know, your, your lungs pumping, your heart breathing. Um, You know, all of a sudden you get scared, you jump back. But there's a big difference between knowing being startled and then, you know, if all of a sudden, uh, uh, you know, every time I stand in front of you, I say, boo, you jump, even though you know I'm going to say it. it. It goes, you know, your mind then isn't working right. There's certain things that it's there for to get your attention and to be autonomous, but it can't be with our decision making. So sometimes we get very instinctive, very automatic, and our mind does what it believes is best for us to protect us, but it really isn't what's best for us. Picture an overbearing mom. If that overbearing mom had their way, it doesn't mean she's not loving, sure. right? She puts her arms, she doesn't want you to go outside and play. You could get hurt. She doesn't want you to do something else. And she's really, she's really trying hard to shelter you, but it's harming you. And, and we'll call it sometimes motherly instinct. Yeah. Right? Or, 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 or maybe, you know, and, and, and it is. There's a place for them. There's a- Remember the breathing, the heartbeat, right. danger. That's right. There's a place for them. That instinctive automatic autopilot, the mind does what does really believes what's best, but is really hurting you. Now you, you while you were describing instinct, you said something that stood out to me a couple of times, and it was I. Mm-hmm. Quite simply, that's I make I make this I make quick instinctive decisions. So okay, that's fine. But you make quick distinctive decisions. But you know, uh, just going back a few minutes also. You know, do our decisions hurt other people? Mm-hmm. You know, and, 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 and again, what we're talking about here is thinking. So, you know, surviving instincts, I think, is a different thing here uh, than what we're talking about. Uh, you know, but we're talking about thinking and, and being different and, and, and making a difference. So Absolutely. in that context, so just to kind of, you know, bring it back there is, sure, you can make quick decisions, but do your quick decisions involve you only or are there others that can be affected by that yeah and it is in alignment with your mission as you said yeah it's 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 all very important and we need to be very careful all right so we've seen how we make bad decisions and i'm sure there's many other ways but let's talk about wisdom a little bit what is wisdom you can look through there's many different definitions i wrote down a little bit wisdom is and it's no one word you have to take things and add them to each other Uh, it's a recipe if you would, you know, you couldn't say, what is a cake? And you say flour. It's not, you could say it's eggs. You could say it's butter. 
you know, but it's none of those things. It's all of them together. And still, when you put all the ingredients together, there's still more. How the ingredients go together. You can't just mix them all. Yeah. And, then uh, and, and then you have to cook it at a certain temperature for a certain amount of time. Right. right? So, you know, wisdom, I, I would say, is, is, is more of a recipe. So you have, you have knowledge, right? You have humility. You have perspective. You have the ability to discern inner qualities and relationships. That's insight. So you start to take all those things together and you blend them on many different levels. You take the knowledge that you have, um, humility, realizing that the world doesn't revolve about you and, and everything you see isn't about me, right? Because it's very easy to do what I think is best for me. And most people that make decisions their entire life based only on themselves usually end up making all the wrong decisions anyway, even though they're solely thinking about themselves and they still make the wrong decisions. Perspective, which we've spoken about so many times, that's our our view. And it isn't, people will say, well, that's your view and this is my view. Well, they all make up the picture. We need to put them all together, all the different perspectives. You know, that elephant that you're going to describe as gray and I'm going to describe as that big thing with, with ears, you're not going to tell me I'm wrong and I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. We need to blend the two. Sure. And then some. Right. There's still more. So, and then the ability to discern and have insight into things. So that's, that's very vague, but we need to build on, build on it. So if I go to the Oxford English Dictionary, it defines wisdom as the capacity of judging rightly in matters relating to life and conduct, soundness of judgment in the choice of means and ends. So in other words, to be, judge rightly, do the right thing, know what the right thing is relating to life and conduct, and then having the right judgment, not only in the, not only in the means, but in the end. So one doesn't justify the other. I'm going to go to psychology today. It says that wisdom involves an integration of knowledge, experience, and deep understanding. Remember now, superficial. What is that deep understanding? That goes back to what we talk about. Think, think, think. Sure. Understand things, but at a deep level. So what I really like is I, I, I'm a, I love the philosophers and philosophy. And what philosophy really means is the love of wisdom. And a philosopher is a lover of wisdom. So as we look at what wisdom is at the, as the counterbalance, you'll see as we go through, it contradicts everything that we said about making the bad decisions. It's about having the proper view. I just want to read a little bit, a little bit of an expert excerpt that I pulled off. Uh, this was a gentleman by the name of Michael Prinzing. Um, from a, it was from a, a, a site that I just went and I happened to catch this article, and it was from the the Practical Philosopher. And I like that the Practical Philosopher that brings into what we say the practical part and the in the vision. So I'm going to read what he says. The only way to build this knowledge bank is to think. <laughs> there you go. I, I loved it. Now you know why he caught my attention, is to think. In other words, don't just take in facts, because so many people can spurt out facts. They do it every day on television, the media. You'll do it at the water cooler. 
But the only way to build this knowledge bank is to think. Knowing how to live well requires one to be knowledgeable in a wide variety of areas, right? Because how wise can you be if you're just focused on one thing all the time? You have to have a a broader understanding of the world, uh, more or less. There are two reasons for this. First, it's impossible, I claim, to acquire knowledge of how to live well without also acquiring a great deal of knowledge in a wide range of subjects. Just as one cannot have knowledge of trigonometry until one has knowledge of arithmetic. I think one cannot have knowledge of how to live well until one has knowledge of human psychology, specifically what contributes to happiness, fulfillment, satisfaction, and so on. History, to learn from how people have lived in the past, very important problem that we always have with new generations is they never value the experience of old generations and then they they lose the respect for the older generations the older generations thinks that the younger generation has nothing to contribute because they haven't been through what they they've been through it's blindness on both sides so to learn from how people have lived in the past um, literature which help ones to to explore uh, perspectives of diverse others guess what everybody doesn't think the same it's um it's it's ethnocentric thinking to th- to have a worldview based on what me and my group or ethnicity or sociocentric my social group hence baby boomers or millennials or whatever the gen we're on now um, they view things from only their perspective as opposed to the diverse perspective of others and so on the second reason why Knowing how to live well requires knowledge in a wide range of subjects is that people who are living well are intellectually curious. Wise people, in my experience, at least love to learn. Some people don't like learning, Nils. Some people think it's a chore. They're lazy. But if you really understand that, in my life, the more I learn about myself and things, the better decisions I have because of the more knowledge I'm going to accumulate. Indeed, it's hard to imagine someone who is genuinely living well, but whose mind is stagnating. Here it goes. Thus, the wise are forever students. So, and we're going to see what Socrates had to say about wisdom as well. But uh, that's why we always say we've never arrived. We never have all the answers. Where we stand now may not be where we stand five years from now, ten years from now, but we can all realize that I only know what I know and I realize that I certainly don't know so much more. And therefore, I can't have all the answers or I can't guarantee that I have the right answers because I don't have all of the, all of the data. Any person who is so closed-minded that believes I, I have all the data I want, therefore I can make a decision... That goes back to what we were talking about before is I don't really care about the data. I want to make my own decision. That was back in um, distorting the data, ignoring the facts, poor, limited comparison, confirmation bias. That's where that all leads. I've learned all I wanted to learn. I'm tired of thinking. Now this is where I'm going to stand and this is where I'm going to stay. I just want to add something. Please. Um, it's, you, you said something interesting. You said, I don't care about the data. I want to make my own decision on it or my own understanding. I just, 
I read something, uh, I believe it was on, on ESPN or SportsCenter, and, and Tom Brady uh, had a quote and it said, uh, you know, I don't care when you're drafted in the in, in the NFL draft. He was he was number he was number 199. But what he did is he recognized that when he would get his chance, he needed not to squander it. Yeah. And and here we are, Tom Tom Brady. Tom Brady. That says it all. That says it all. So as we look at wisdom, let's look at hindsight. What is hindsight? How would you define hindsight if you had to, Nils? 2020. 2020? <laughs> but 2020 looking 2020 backwards. looking backwards. Okay. As it always is. So, I mean, I, I look at hindsight as, well, hindsight is, is for me, the game tape, right? I, I've made my decision. I saw how it played out, and, and I got to a destination, um, whether it be where I, where I wanted to get or not wanted to get. Um, and so, and so at that point, uh, at any point, you know, I, I can sit there and I can watch the game tape and I'd say, well, I will say with that also that me personally, when I have to use hindsight, it's, it's typically to review a bad decision Mm -hmm. that I've made or, or a decision that I made that I, that didn't get me the result I wanted. So, uh, you know, I look back and it's my game tape for me. And I said, well, in hindsight, you know, I would have, I'd do it this way, you know, presented uh, a similar opportunity. And so I use that as a, as a stick, you know, measuring stick, so to speak, in, in, in future, you know. Okay. So is hindsight 2020, like they say? Well, I don't think so, because things can change. I, you know, hindsight for me now uh, and, and my perspective might be different five years mm. from now. So, so hindsight could be that you have a perfect view of what you want to see at the time. Exactly. Right. And then maybe later on down the road, you could see more. So I think hindsight is twenty twenty that the available view is there, but do we always take it? Sometimes we put on blinders, right? So hindsight isn't always twenty twenty because sometimes we don't, we're looking to see what we want to see. We'll look back and say, well, I was fired because of this or, um, that linebacker came around. I was I was playing the end position. Um, yeah, he, he came around because I had to pick up somebody else's block and I didn't see him in time. When your coach is watching the game tape and saying, no, um, you didn't backpedal correctly. You crossed your legs and he, and he beat you. That's right. No, 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 no. You can deny it all you want. You know, hindsight is only is only twenty twenty if we really want to see it for what it really is. And that's where we have to remove our biases and... And understand what is what is really happening. Can we call it 202020, where <laughs> where we say right we've got the 2020 vision, but however we've got to be able to take the 20 foot view of it and see the entire picture. Sounds good to me. So, and the other thing to remember is that hindsight is not the complete view; it's only another perspective. That's right. It's only another perspective. And the reason I say that, it's so easy to look back and say, why this is how it should have done and why didn't you make this decision? But you remember the decision that was, that's the view after the fact. What was the view looking like when it was time to make that sure. decision? So hindsight, though, although it's clear, is still only another perspective. And people take great pride in hindsight because it's, it's a very easy one to point back at other people and what they should have done because you've already seen the outcome. 
It's 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 simplistic. Um, it's judgmental. So it's another perspective. It allows us to look back and see the reality of a situation. It gives us another view, a more complete view, right? So we had the view before, we had the view perspective during, and now after. And we could put them all together and like, oh, now I see a little clearer what I should have seen before. And guess what? It was visible to me before, but now it's clear. That's right. Maybe next time I'm going to be looking out for that trouble marker right. and it's going to be perfectly clear from my foresight instead of my hindsight and, and it'll and it'll help me and it's that view that sometimes helps us if we can sort of catapult us ourselves forward and take ourselves out of our biases and the time we're in and what is this really going to look like this decision it's not easy believe me it's not easy at all Sometimes we don't see what we did wrong. Other times we'll see what we didn't see initially and why. It carries many different avenues for us that can help us. Um, another thing is that wisdom is, wisdom is not one thing. Wisdom is connecting many fundamental truths through experience and perspective on its meaning. So, all of a sudden, the meaning of life. You can have a perspective of going out into the ocean and watching, you know, the turtles making their way out into the ocean. You can watch a horse giving birth. Wow, the meaning and the beauty of life. All of a sudden, it could be a spring day. You could see plants coming up. Ah, the beauty of life. You could see butterflies, birds. You could see a baby being born. There's so many different things that we can see, but any one of them alone, we don't really grasp it. It's connecting the different ones and seeing how they, how they, all, all the, how they all connect. And that's where the wisdom comes into play, not just a single vision of perspective, but seeing how... Now, that's on a parallel plane. That's just you know life. But how different things interact... And then it can keep going deeper and deeper. And that's where wisdom comes to play. It's understanding those, those connections that take place. I'm going to give you a really simple one that is going to make people laugh. Go watch The Lion King, right? The circle of life, right? And it goes around and how one thing fed another. It's very basic. Sure. And from any perspective, you didn't always understand the other perspective. But it's that connecting all of the fundamental truths through our experience and our perspective on its meaning that brings about wisdom. Being able to take one situation and applying it to another, right? Nothing is in a silo all by itself. So wisdom is also not spoon-fed opinions about topics. That is That falls into the laziness portion. Um, you know, go ahead. Would you, what would you, uh, so spoon-fed topics... Uh... Where, what are some of those? What are the, some of those sources? Oh, it could be anything. Whatever, whatever is acceptable at the time to jump in on. Um, if it could be almost, I'm going to take one. I'm going to take an easy one. Donald Trump. It's real easy to just say, "Oh yeah, he's a jerk." Sure. Right. It's a spoon-fed 
opinion because that you don't have to balance it. You don't have to say why because most people are just going to agree with you. Now I want to go another extreme. I want to go in. Our, the United States and the way we do things and our policies, how we deal with, and I'm not saying I, deal, I agree with the Trump statement or the one I'm going to make, um, policies with how we deal with Middle Eastern countries caused 9-11 and we brought it upon ourselves. Very easy to get very inflamed about that statement that I just made. That's right. Right? And so you can get on one side of both of those statements and be in the majority because it's not popular to be either on Trump's side or on the side that says we brought this upon ourselves. Right? Neither one of those is popular. Sure. But if you really start to look at Donald Trump and maybe his way of doing things, and maybe he is a jerk and an idiot, but if you really look at maybe what he's trying to do and you take away some of your own personal biases and you take away the fact that he is egotistical, he's a jerk, he's childish, and I do believe those three things, absolutely. But taking away that personality part... How does he feel about America and what is he trying to do? I think he's got some solid things in there. So a lot of things I disagree with as well. Sure. But what happens when we don't like somebody? We just focus on what we hate. That's exactly right. So let's take the stand of 9-11. It's very patriotic to get all upset about that. But perspective. If in our country, another country was always coming in, trying to tell us the right way to do things or how to do things or getting involved in our business, um, worrying about us getting too powerful. Right. Imposing themselves on our governments, getting involved in our battles, sometimes killing our people because they're afraid we're going to get into power or whatever it may be. Right. Right. What would we do? We would think we were justified. And that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it's right. I'm a a flag waver. If I had the option to press a button that would destroy them all when that happens, I would have. Is it the wrong decision? Absolutely. Because we're, we're, we're forgetting about children. We're forgetting about human beings. We're looking at just some people. And people are always going to want to do evil things for the wrong reasons. And sometimes as America, guess what? We'll retaliate for the wrong reasons just because we have a hunger for blood, whatever it may be. So what I'm saying is just think, don't be so spoon fed on what is easy to have an opinion on. And, you know, if I were just to say that I'm an extremely patriotic person, I would say so, but it doesn't, that doesn't mean that I'm supposed to stop thinking. What that leads to, unfortunately, and people don't realize it, they say you're unpatriotic. I'm, I, I'll, re, I'll refer to Hitler and Nazi Germany all the time. They were extremely patriotic. That's right. <laughs> they were all for their government. They didn't want to do much thinking. And look where it got them. There's nothing wrong with questioning and thinking. When we think we can't question or think, that's part of the beauty of our country. 
that's when things really go south or that it's not right to question or think the motives of my country or whatever it may be. Because who's in control of my country? Only people. And people can be have the wrong motives and do things for the wrong reasons. And if I am a thinking man and I'm wise, I'm not leaving my destiny or my family, my family's destiny in the hands of anybody. I am going to think, I'm going to teach my children to think and not to follow somebody down the wrong road. You know, I don't want it to be a, a, you know, a Nazi Germany that I'm teaching my children to follow the wrong thing. And I'm not trying to compare the U.S. to that at all. I'm just saying, once you start marching and wa- or walking the walk, then you start marching the march and it can go south very easily. Because sure. we talk about that vision of how things go. You know, where is this going to lead me? So it's very important. So that's that's my long answer to not being spoon-fed on opinions and to really be a person that is well thought out. You had said in a conversation we were having before the podcast, sometimes when somebody asks you an opinion, you'll say you really don't have an opinion. And you had mentioned because you really don't have a lot of facts. So, I mean, technically you have an opinion, but you know enough to say, I wouldn't even dare give my opinion because it's... It would be it would be feeble and weak and based on limited knowledge at this at this time, but so often everybody's so quick. Well, I think, I think, I think. Guess what? The only person that cares about what they think is them, because the person on the other side of the table, all they care about is what they think about. That's right. Unless you're really thinking people that want to learn, and then the discussion is going to be totally different. That's right. And it'll be a discussion. Yeah. And people are going to be open. And it doesn't mean that you're not startled by statements. I expect that I'm going to startle people when I say that about, or people that know me would be startled by that statement I made about the U.S. Because I am an extremely patriotic person. Um, But I would think that they should be disappointed in me if I didn't state it that way, that at least I think about it. Otherwise, you know, we're, we're no different than anybody else that's just doing things because they're doing it. And I think we all respect people that think out at least the options. Um, Wisdom is courageous, believe it or not, because wisdom usually goes against the crowd. Um, It goes against the herd. It Sometimes we think we stand for things and we don't even know why, just because it's the way the conventional wisdom goes. And I'm going to talk about conventional wisdom in a little bit as well. So to have wisdom is courage is courageous it goes against the norm goes against what other people are talking about um sometimes as human beings we don't know who we are we don't know what we want because we're not willing to admit that we don't even know who we are or don't know what we want we're not willing to look inside and seek out the lies that we tell ourselves Because we do. We'll tell ourselves lies every day. We're not willing to deconstruct our beliefs and reevaluate our lives. And sometimes that's what it takes. We'll say, I believe this because of all these years of knowledge. doesn't mean it's right. There's so many people that have spent a lot of years doing the wrong thing. I knew a guy many years ago, um, and he would tell me how many years he was doing something. And he was a, a tradesman. A terrible tradesman. He had always been doing it wrong. That's right. Oh, I've been doing this how many years? Terrible. 
terrible work. It's not willing to deconstruct because I've been doing something so long. It must be must be right. And we all need to be willing to deconstruct everything we've learned and everything we know and reevaluate ourselves. And are these uh, different ways of, of looking in the mirror? Yeah, yeah. Slowing down, thinking. That's why it's so... It, it's very dangerous that we're so busy all the time because we, we don't ponder, we don't meditate on things uh, enough as we should. So, you know, we need to understand human nature. We need to understand uncertainty, right? You know, things aren't always what they appear and we don't know things for a fact. We need to understand relativism, right? Even between cultures. It's all wisdom. Wisdom is having emotional resiliency because you're not in this little world. You're in a bigger world. You understand the bigger picture. Humility, learning from experience, openness, um, superior judgment and problem-solving skills. You take all of those together and it, it gives you a, it, I'll say it, almost like a, a, it's like a superpower of wisdom, if you would. Yeah. Uh, it, and it's used to navigate through life's challenges and for the greater good of mankind. Uh, it's You'll be in the minority if you are wise and use wisdom. Most people think they're wise, but they're really fools. Because there's if, you, if you're not wise, what are you? You're a fool. I, I mean, there's, there's nothing in between. If you're not doing what is the right thing to do, what makes the most sense, what is best for you, you're a fool. So most people believe they're wise, and that's why they want to defend all their decisions, when in reality, their entire life, they're just being fools, and they believe they're being wise, and all they're really is driving their life by their own ambition, and not a long-range ambition, it's just what feels right. It feels right today, I did it, I, I won. Feels right tomorrow, I did it, I won. I won this little prize, that little prize, all the little consolation prizes, and no meaning, no purpose, no mission in life. Unfortunately, it's fools. So we need to think different, be different, make a difference. We've heard conventional wisdom, right? Yes. Conventional wisdom is very simply, um, it's regarded as commonplace knowledge. Generally refers to ideas and beliefs of the majority of people in society hold as true. They haven't necessarily been researched, but they hold as true. So they've never really been explored no, in any deep, meaningful way. They're simply honored because so many adhere to them. I'm going to give you an example. Right? We hear conventional wisdom. It sounds good. Conventional wisdom. Sure. Um, Copernicus, right? Up until his time, everybody believed in a geocentric solar, not solar system, but the earth was the center of our solar system, right? That was conventional wisdom. All the scientists started at that point to base all everything on, that the earth was the center, that the sun, the star, everything was rotating around us. He comes across with, you know, the heliocentricity, which is, no, the sun is the center of our solar system, and we're revolving around the sun. But up until that point, conventional wisdom, it's the earth. And you could even, I mean, the trouble you would get in from the ch by the church, because the church was the authority of everything at the time, 
for even thinking something was, was terrible. It was heresy. It was heresy. So that's conventional wisdom. And unfortunately, that's what a lot of people use. Conventional wisdom. They should call it convenient wisdom. <laughs> I really should. Oh, and, and, so that's very dangerous. And then we have what we currently call so-called wisdom. And I wrote this out. you got to bear with me a little bit. So-called wisdom states that there is not truth, per se. Or really, your truth isn't their truth. Only what is important to me, close-minded, is my truth. I need to be true to myself. We've heard that. What that means is beyond me. In other words, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to take a temper tantrum. I'm ignoring you, and that's it. I'm going to be true to myself. That's what it means to me. I'm only concerned with how things affect me, and how they affect me determines as to whether it is good or right or wrong. So if something affects me in a way that I like, I determine it good. If it affects me in something bad, I determine it's bad. All about me. It's called, it's called egocentricity. It's all about myself. Therefore, your knowledge is always wrong and closed-minded because it's not about me. That's right. It doesn't suit me. That's right. And there is so much that you don't know, Nels, right? Because you don't line up with my knowledge. So there's so much you don't know and you're closed-minded. But me, I am extremely open-minded and accurate because I know all there is to know about myself to make me happy, and I know what makes me happy. That is conventional wisdom. If it appeals to me, it's, I'm going to paraphrase. If it appeals to me and I like it, it's the right. If it doesn't appeal to me, then it's wrong. Extremely egocentric, meaning it's all about me, no other view, no other vision. And it's not even really about me. It's about, remember I spoke about the me now and the me five years from now? It's only about the me now. Because it's what feels good. So that is our current so-called wisdom that is running around the world, that is on YouTube and every place else and all the know-it-alls that are out there trying to just sound good to everybody else to get more followers, to get their social media card punched as acceptable and part of a group. You see how quick anytime one of these people that are big on YouTube or social media say something that isn't really that bad, but all of a sudden insults somebody, they're so quick because they lose so many followers that they come back and they're, oh, they're apologizing. And oh, if you're really apologizing, fine. But if it's really because now, oh, I've lost all these people and now I got to be somebody to everybody, it's very weak. So when we think of wisdom, there's, there's moral wisdom um, that focuses on character, I guess. But I'm talking about broad wisdom. Um, there's functional wisdom. That's, that's, I guess, competence. There's relational wisdom, right? That's connections. You know, and those are very focused. We're talking about just a broader wisdom. So here's the key. You can't label yourself wise. So the question would be, why not? Why cannot somebody label themselves as wise? Why would you think, if you had to think it out a little bit? 
I, I, I'm on the side of, of why not. Okay, that's okay. I'm, I'm on the side of why not, truthfully, because um, for, for me, it's, and it's funny, we're talking about this, uh, you know, what, how we say, uh, you know, remaining true to oneself and, and how some of this sounds egocentric and, and whatnot. But, you know, I, I, I don't describe myself as wise. Um, I'd like to think of myself as wise because that's fair. Um, you know, um, so so actually, as we're talking it out, I'm saying I would say I think of myself as wise. Okay. I, I wouldn't describe it necessarily because guess what? Someone else might not think I'm wise. Okay. You know, so therefore it is not definitive. However, I know that you know I consider uh, many of these things. You know, and uh, and for the listeners out there. Uh, you know, you may know some of these people uh, that are, you know, how, what you just described, Vin. And, uh, and um, you know, you can identify these things. Yeah. And, and, and in identifying these things, you can make, you know, you know what decisions you need to make or, or can make or, or help other people make or open a door. Uh, you know, to 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 align them, or maybe if they have a mission, clear their vision up, uh, clear your vision up as well. So, uh, but uh, again, long-winded. But to go back, I would say I wouldn't describe myself as it, but I'd like to think of myself. Okay, otherwise. I think we I think we all like to think of that. So, I think it's tough to describe ourselves as wise. I do believe we can make, but we can make wise decisions. Right? Or decisions we believe to be wise. But I think time is going to be the judge of those decisions. Because in the immediate, you never know. If you were going to go back to Thomas Edison, somebody would tell him, you're an idiot. How many times are you going to test the same thing to try to get this light bulb to work? It took him um, 5,000 different attempts with different uh, filaments to get it to work. For 4,999 attempts, I bet there's somebody telling him, you know, this isn't wise, this isn't wise. At the end, guess what? It was wise. So our decisions are not always apparent in the immediate, right? So again, I, I don't, you know, can you or can't you label yourself wise? I, I, anybody in particular, I don't know. I think we would label other people as wise, sure. right? But to label ourselves as, as wise, um, I think we need to be careful. I think we always need to be focusing on wise decisions and then let time decide, because if we start thinking I'm wise, we start to think that I, I I also that I I know it all, and I think sometimes it'll take us off it'll take us off guard to think we're okay and that we don't have to keep going. But it's just an it's just a, a talking point, it's not a right or wrong. I'm thinking for myself why I would never consider myself wise, probably because I know I still make a lot of really stupid decisions. We can say the value, uh, yeah. you know, wisdom and, and, and wise and, and wise decisions. Yeah. And we need to be careful. I'm going to tell you why we need to be careful of that. Oh, I value good people that do the right thing. In the meantime, I'm, I'm killing people, right? <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> so, again, I want everybody to think. Yeah. I don't have the right answer. I just want everybody yeah. Yeah, right. to think about what they're saying and... The decisions we make are based usually on the data we data we have. Being right doesn't mean you were you made a wise decision. Nor does being wrong mean that you didn't make a wise decision, believe it or not. Sure. You have made 
you, you make a, a decision based on wisdom and it doesn't turn out, because there's no guarantees, doesn't mean it still wasn't a wise decision. All of a sudden, you make a decision to help a loved one and donate a kidney. You go on, you live, no problem. That person, they reject the kidney, they die. You didn't make the wrong decision. The outcome, you had no idea. All right? It, and that's where we get so confused. We look at, sometimes we look at the wrong scoreboard for what the, sco- what the score is. And vice versa, you can have a person that does something underhanded and gets ahead or wins a match or a game or whatever it may be. That outcome doesn't mean that they were wise in their decision-making. They'll say, oh, see? In their mind, oh, see? That's why I did it. That was the right thing to do. No, it was the wrong thing to do because it got the outcome that satisfied you. You believe it was wise. That's why the mission, that's why think different, be different, make a difference in others. It takes the focus off of us and it helps us to be be wise. Um, So, We have to understand that knowledge is data. That's all it is. We can misinterpret data or we can understand data. What we do with it is up to us. Wisdom is that understanding and that utilizing of that data. Um, Neither data or experience in itself is wisdom, nor is knowledge in itself wisdom. You have a lot of old people that have a lot of experience that are absolute fools and will still squander their life and still make a waste of it. Um, You'll have a lot of people that have a lot of knowledge but we'll never use it for anything good. Neither one in themselves. It's, it's part of a formula that goes together. So um, just a few quotes that I picked up that I thought were pretty neat. Charles Haddon Spurgeon was a, was, a, was a really great preacher. He defies wisdom as, and I want to get a few different perspectives of wisdom, the right use of knowledge. In other words, it showed good sense, good judgment, doing the right thing with what you know. Wisdom, you don't have to be... You don't have to have a lot of knowledge to be wise, but to take what you do know and make the best decision based on it. Sometimes you'll see somebody makes a wrong decision. What were you thinking? And they'll tell you what they saw in front of them and what there was. And you say, I understand the decision you made. They had limited information and possibly the rest of the time, the other information wasn't available to them. So you understand why they made that decision based on that limited information that they had. More knowledge is better. Or would they have known more information? Would they have made a different decision? Absolutely. But it doesn't mean that they didn't fully utilize the knowledge that they had at hand. Um, here's something interesting. One thing, good thing about wisdom is that you can't be too wise, right? There's no such thing because wisdom is putting together all these things for, for good things and doing good and proper thought. You can't be too wise. And here's another one. You can't put wisdom to bad use. So courage could be put to bad use. You could have a courageous bad person. <laughs> you know, there's different things, you know, that they have courage. Wisdom cannot be put to bad use because in itself, it aligns itself with the, doing the right thing for mankind in a big perspective. It doesn't limit itself at, it doesn't limit itself at me. It then doesn't limit itself only as my family. Right, because doing what's right for my family, people use that as an excuse. That's not wisdom. That's right. 
for my team, no, not even for my country, but for my mankind. Now you start taking away all of the, all of the different borders and ethnicities and all of the things that come into play. And that's when now wisdom starts to come into play because you've gotten rid of all the differentiations that are, that are in there. So, yeah. So wisdom, you can never be too wise and you can never put wisdom to bad use. Ponder that one for a little bit. See if you can find out. But if you can think of anything that is contradictory about that, but I don't think so. How can you put wisdom to bad, to bad use? Um, I don't. I don't think it. I don't think it really exists. When you really take what wisdom is, the betterment of mankind. Right. The betterment of mankind. Uh, collection of, of of data on experiences and 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 things of that nature. Mm-hmm. You know, um, for me personally, anything that I've gained, you know, I don't see how I can take those. Uh, take take what I consider uh, to be my sources of wisdom, and turn it into a roll it into a bad ball. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's a collection of, of, of experiences. It's experiences and it's, and it's there. It's, you know, here, it's history. This is what has happened and, uh, and, and, and here it is. There, there's nothing else to do with it. It's, it's not as if I have, uh, you know, <laughs> a bank account with, with a bunch of money in it that I could buy, that I could do bad things yeah. with. Yeah, it's, do, it's doing the right thing with knowledge. Doing the wrong thing with knowledge, then there's cunning, there's different things that, that, could, that could come into play. So wisdom is taking what you know, applying it in a way that's not, I know we've used this word a lot today, egocentric or lofty, and viewing from many perspectives, not just your own. Not ignoring the blind spots, that's the key. We all have blind spots. It's how we think and what we do with it. Again, thinking, think different, be different. You'll make a difference. You're going to be a rare commodity. And we said before, what's the opposite of lacking wisdom? A fool. There's no in between. It takes understanding. It takes insight. Um, it takes, you have to be tempered. There needs to be balance. It needs to be unbiased. That's the biggest problem that people have is their biased views. Everybody will say their view is unbiased. Yeah, it's unbiased by the other person. It's my view. It, but it's my view. It's really not what it ought to be. Wisdom has discernment. Discernment is seeing what's true, what's right, what's lasting, not just the immediate. Um, Confucius, we've all heard of Confucius. His quote, Real knowledge is to know the extent of one's own ignorance. Right? Interesting. There's a reason that people quote Confucius. Yes. Right? Real knowledge is to know the extent of one's own ignorance. Instead of, and you start to realize that you look at teens. I'll use teenagers all the time because we were all there. So I'm not picking on teens, but we were all there. We know everything. We know everything there is to know. And we don't realize all that we don't know. Even though our elders will tell us, you don't know what you don't know. I don't care. I know what I know. Right? I remember t- I, I would tell my mother, I can't wait till I'm 18. We, we've all said it in one way or another, Nels. Um, real knowledge is to know our own ignorance. So part of that is knowing the big picture, not just your picture. Right? So sometimes we'll see where we want to go, but what about the big picture, the bigger picture? 
beyond us, understanding where we fit in, purpose, meaning, significance, um, the greater good of things. I think that's where people really start to enjoy life, when they start to go on a mission that is beyond themselves, beyond even their family, on a greater, for a greater good. But in doing so, who benefits? My family, me. So when we think of wisdom, it's not loose, it's not grand, it's not too mysterious. It, 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 that's just lazy talk. That's people that don't want to really understand it. We have a generation, when I'm talking about a generation, I'm not talking about age group, I'm talking about the current society we, we live in, where we want things easy, we want to press a button, we want to be in line with everybody else or everybody to be in line with us. So look at me, I approve of what you're doing, I'm part of this. Or here, can you give me a like over here so I know that I'm approved? It's weak, it's very weak. A generation whose right is determined by the masses of their peers. It's extremely, we live in, a, in that sociocentricity that I was talking about, our social group. We believe only my social group is the right one. So wisdom isn't a knowledge. It's not a certain type of knowledge. Um, it's just using what you know in a wise manner, not being naive, realizing, though I am making a decision on all that I do know, I realize there's so much more I don't know. So really, if you really look at it, <laughs> wisdom is just thinking. Wisdom is not taking things at a certain level, but thinking, seeing, observing, absorbing, interacting, and then utilizing. Sure. Thinking different, being different, making a difference. I hate to keep coming back. Well, actually, I don't hate to be coming back to it, but I want, I want to align it. That's, that's the purpose why we're here. This is the mission. Yeah, it's the mission. So Socrates, well, I heard of Socrates. The only true wisdom is in knowing you know nothing. Like that one too. Um, you know, that gives you that sense of, uh, you know, epistemic humility where you realize, and the more you learn, sort of like when we get older, sure. the more we learn, the more we, realize, the more we realize that what we don't know. <laughs> right. Right. And then we wonder how we made it through all the previous years and what an idiot I was and how lucky I survived. Sure. You know, we've been walking through a minefield, not even realizing we were walking through the minefield. So Socrates was wise, not because of what he knew, but because he knew the limits of the little of what he did know. That was his wisdom. Nowadays, we have everybody that wants to say what they know, a bunch of blowhards, a bunch of dopes. That isn't wisdom. That's not wisdom. Wisdom isn't scientific. It's not technological. Um, it's realizing that what you don't know. And not all that you believe you know that makes you wise. So everything that I think I know isn't, doesn't make me wise. It's knowing that there is so much that I don't know and I need to know it that makes me wise, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And that's where the pride steps out. And that's where we started off talking about humility. Humility. Humility is very important. Um, and the reason humility is very 
important is even the Bible says that, you know, pride comes before destruction. In other words, you're prideful, then comes destruction. So Buddha, we all heard of Buddha. Oh, and by the way, the other part of that verse, besides pride bringing destruction, humility brings wisdom. Interesting. Yeah. And you'll find that in all religions. They, they all reverence wisdom very similarly. Because it's it shows a good for mankind. Buddha, a fool who recognizes his own ignorance is thereby, in fact, a wise man. Wow. I like it, right? <laughs> That's awesome. I, I love it. I love it. A fool who recognizes his own ignorance is thereby, thereby in fact, a wise man. Wow. Yeah. So simple, but, but it resonates. It certainly does. Nowadays, we want to use an abundance of words. I used a whole podcast to say that. <laughs> Shakespeare. The fool doth think he is wise, but the wise man knows himself to be a fool. Another one that's good, right? Yes. Yes. It's, you know, knowing what we don't know and knowing that I don't even know what I don't know. Part of wisdom is knowing ourselves, knowing that our mind is always trying to trick us, um, you know, being open-minded. And the other thing about wisdom is, it's, it, I said tempered, and what I mean by that is wisdom is both cold and compassionate at the same time. Okay. You know, it can't be emotional, but it can be compassionate. Sure. But the reason I say cold is sometimes if you're looking at the big picture, but yet compassion at the same time. I'll use a wounded animal. You have to kill it to put it out of its suffering. <clears throat> it's a cold action. Some people say, how could you do that? But it's cold and compassionate at the same time. And sometimes seeing the big picture, <clears throat> you can come across as cold, but really it's being cold and compassionate at the same time. It's seeing from afar and up close at the same time. Because if you see just from afar, unfortunately, that's how governments look at war. And people do too. Oh, let's go to war. Let's get them. Okay. How about you go to war? That's you right. go get them. That's right. Now it becomes more real. When it's they, it's at a distance. Sure. Or how about your son? Now it's, wait a minute. Wisdom takes both views. It takes what needs to be done, but it also looks at the emotion of what it really takes, that it is, it looks at you need to go to war, but also it's my son that needs to go to war. And balancing the two of those, and when you balance the two of those, what will end up happening? If you go to war, you're damn sure that you need to go to war. And it's the right thing to do. And that's where the balance comes into play. And that's where, where unfortunately, people think they're being wise and they make decisions from a distance. But that isn't wisdom at all. And they forget about the reality of the close-up emotional yes part of it all and the people that are involved. I started saying, listen, you know, 9-11, boom, go blow up Iraq, blow up Iran. Right. You know, if I was president and I had a button at the time, that's what I would have been done. Sure. Wrong thing. Because if you were to go visit Iraq, Iran, any of these countries and you sit down, you're still going to find normal people that their knowledge isn't complete. They've been living in a this 
you know, dystopian society where it really is not a good way to live. They're told that you're the problem. You have children being brought up this way and you start to, you go there and you realize, hey, these are families. These are mothers. These are little children. It isn't just something so far off. And because remember, wisdom is seeing many different perspectives. What we do quite often is we want to block out some of those perspectives. And hatred, anger, many of those things will block out that other perspective and it gets very dangerous. So wisdom takes into effect a lot of different things. Um, Ethics, you can have all the ethics conversations you want, but if there's not wisdom involved, what ethics is there? And we'll probably do a podcast on ethics at some point as well so that we can see where that comes into play. And we'll see that some of those tricky ethics questions aren't so tricky. It's just the the little ball that we put them in, the little arena that we put those tricky ethics questions into. It's limiting our perspective and vision. And therefore, it seems like it's a tough decision to make when really if we expand and we step back and we start sometimes, you know, peeling the layers back or build or whatever it it needs to go to really have the, or stepping back far enough for the proper view. All of a sudden the the decision or that ethical question isn't so tough. The reason those questions are so tough is they make it so that you're torn as to what to do and how you're going to feel and your value of right and wrong. See, they make those ethical questions all about you so often that that's why you're torn in your decision making they're making it very close they're it's not it's not balanced so does it become simpler when it's aligned with the mission oh it it becomes simpler but just because something is aligned with the mission doesn't mean it's a wise move sure sure so um you know along the mission if it's more convenient that you sometimes you'll feel that somebody's in your way and they may get hurt because mercy, compassion, and and coldness, right? Because you know the mission, the mission, the mission. But hurting somebody on the way to the mission—that's not wise, just because right. you made it there. That's right. And there's balance, and the only one that can determine it is is you need to be aware of it as you're going through these things. Aware, that's right. Yeah, that that awareness. So, as you look at ethics, as you look at benevolence, right, doing good for people. Um, they all necessitate wisdom. Because look at how our country tries to help people, and sometimes we're not helping anybody at all. Sure. We're, we're going into countries, we're not helping them, we're hurting them. We're, if in our own country, we'll look to help people and we're only hurting them. So many different things happen. Um, you know, and when does that happen? I'm, I'm going to say that, you know, that over-nurturing mom, Right? There's a lot of benevolence, but there's not a lot of wisdom. Sure. You know, so both ethics and benevolence, they really necessitate wisdom. And that's why it's so important, um, you know, that we, that we have wisdom. So as always, Nels, we didn't give anybody the answers. That's right. Right? That's right. But we gave them a lot of information, a lot of questions to make them think about how they do things, how they're going to do things. 
because we don't want to make a bunch of thinking man robots. Not at all. We want to cross all boundaries of age, culture, everything. Um, this isn't, we never make it political. We, you know, n- none of those things or, or our point of view. It's very simply to get everybody just to start thinking different. People that want to be different. That's right. And it's amazing. You know, as in your day-to-day going about, how many people do you come across that you would say are actually thinking? Very small percentage. Very small percentage. Extremely small. Yes. Yeah. So it goes back to what we said, guys. We are the... We are the minority, but it doesn't mean that there aren't people out there that are on the cusp, right? Because we're not always thinking men. I think back to when I was young, I used to think, but I was a dumb ass. I wasn't thinking about the right thing or for the right reason. You were thinking. Yeah. yeah. What were you thinking? Exactly. You know, it's so, it doesn't mean anybody's too far gone. Uh, It just means that, you know, we need to encourage each other, we need to help each other along, and that we need to help, you know, just awaken the sleeper that's in each and every one of us that we know is in there and just needs to come out and grab hold of life and, and start doing something. Uh, you know, what that is is going to be up to you, but, it, you know, it, it, one thing I will say, it needs to be the right thing. And, you know, what is the right thing? You know, it, it, that's, that's a whole other story in itself. And we're going to do another podcast on doing the right thing, Nelson, how that also will help our decision-making is, you know, just doing the right thing in life. So men, we're here to encourage you. I hope this was a help. Just get you thinking a little bit, deconstructs your thought process a little bit, deconstructs and unravels who you are a bit, realizing that you're wrapped up in a little twine ball that you didn't create, but you've been so comfortable in and not even realizing that you've been wrapped up in it. So hopefully your vision's a little clearer. You see a little bit more. You want to you wanna change. You don't want to get caught up and stuck in it again. So uh, until next time, Nels, anything else you want to shut us down with? I, I think that uh, we, we hit the points, uh, Vin, and, and it really is, uh, again, we're, we have a lot of uh, data that we've put together over, over the, our years and experiences, and they're not the answers. They're not the answers. So, uh, you know, just... Uh, think about these things and 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 apply them and uh, you know and, and remember that uh, you know we don't know everything that's for sure so uh, we're gonna check out think different be different make a difference until next time think different be different make a difference and as always we welcome your comments and feedback and questions uh, you can be found at thinking man podcast on Twitter Facebook, Instagram, and of course the website thinkingmanpodcast.com. Look forward to hearing from you.